Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Episode 5-0. 5-0. We're halfway there to our first century. Uh, we're broadcasting live from the Scott Gibson Show studios here in Old Reiki. Uh, locked in to the max. Although uh, some things don't make sense. We'll discuss that in a minute. It is minging weather. Minging is the only way to describe it. Uh, rain, drizzle. Arguably the worst kind of all rain, the drizzle. Um, cold, although I don't mind the cold. Cold, sunny and dry is the greatest weather that you can experience. Freezing, bitter, cold, sunshine and dry. That is the trifecta of heaven on earth. Okay? If you could be walking through the streets of Amsterdam on a, a bitterly cold morning, wrapped up to the max, you know, maybe you enjoy some mulled wine or, or some hashish, eh? Oh, to no be in Scotland, I know. But we are here and, uh, yes, we're, we're well. So I hope you are well. I hope you're safe. Um, do you understand the three-tier system? Do you fuck? But the, what, this is designed to confuse. It is designed to confuse, to terrify, to to make you feel discombobulated, for want of a better word. Let's just get straight at it, man. Bo Jangles has done his update. Um, it is, he would have been better. Boris Johnson would have made more sense. And and here's the, here's the thing. More people will, would have understood the three-tier system, if he had just played that clip from the layer cake, because that is effectively what this system is. You're born, you take shit, you climb a little higher, you take less shit. You climb a little higher again, you take even less shit. One day, you're so far high in the stratosphere, you forget what shit looks like. Welcome to the layer cake, son, and then just walk off. That would have been the greatest press conference. Ladies and gentlemen, Prime Minister of Great Britain, Boris Johnson. Pojangos just comes out to the desk. Good evening, good evening. Um, you're born, you take shit. You climb a little higher, you take less shit. One day you're so far in the stratosphere, you forget what shit looks like. Welcome to the lurk, son. And then just walk off and leave that fucking terrifying scientist terrifying to look at and just a terrifying look he looks I mean I, I I don't know if the man has an illness I don't know if the man has a condition but he looks like he was born inside out it looks like someone's wank sock has came to life he's a terrifying looking man and then he just stands there do you know what this is probably the one thing you've got to admire about western democracy the scientist guy can stand there 
and completely say the opposite of what the Prime Minister has said and not be shot four times in the chest. You've got to love something about that. But then, in a time of global pandemics, when we really all, at at our, our core, we all just want to get back to normal, this is when you need communism. You know, it's the it's the only time that it works. Heavy-handed, violent communism. The Russian model. I don't want to keep going on about the Russians. You know how I feel about them. They're the greatest race on the planet. You know, I know the Chinese are making strides. But listen, at the end of the day, Russia will fuck up any cunt. Maybe now, you know, Boris maybe just needs to get on the phone to Putin and say, listen, Vlad... Any chance you could pop over here with a couple of lads for the Kremlin, base your cell in Mayfair, and sort this mess out for us. That'd be fine. You know? The Russians would have you tucked up in bed by 10pm with some good old-fashioned state television to enjoy. Eh? As we eat our, our borscht and potatoes. Everybody gets a, a government 20 litres of vodka a day. We sit in the house and get mad with it for a month. Yes, if you're in the streets after lockdown, you get fucking shot and dragged away and your body's turned into a sandbag. But these are the conditions. You know? Maybe that's where we need to go because none of this now is making sense. This three-tier rule's been brought out, right? By Bojangles. And from what I can understand from the outside looking in, because obviously we're in Scotland and we're dealing with our own fucking world of pain right now, from what I can understand in England is, if you live in a poor part of the country, you're fucked. But if you live in a rich part, you're going to be alright. That's what it feels like, because the fact that when the restrictions were in place, that London wasn't on lockdown, is beyond me. Beyond me. Even, even to go back, let's bring it home, right? Even the fact in Scotland, I genuinely cannot believe that I, during this pandemic, currently this moment in time, I'm able to walk out of my house in Edinburgh. This city should be under fucking military rule. There should be the army on every street corner in Edinburgh fucking shooing people into a house, an underpass or a garage Get the fuck out the streets. I understand most of you listening to this will live in or near a big city, right? And you will probably be... You've probably been in situations, maybe recently you've been in a bar, a cafe, a restaurant, even a, even a park, or even just down a street, and you've maybe felt to yourself, or you've thought, this is quite busy. Now, this, this, this isn't quite busy for... A global pandemic. This isn't quite busy for a situation where there's a lockdown or people are dying for disease that you can't see, you can't smell, you can't taste, you can't touch. This is just busy for normal life. Now, whatever that scenario has been in, whether it's been a bar and there's one too many people in it, whether it's been a restaurant and you're a bit too close together, whether you're walking down the street and there's people having to go into traffic to dodge everyone because there's too many people in this street, that is Edinburgh Every day of the fucking week. That Royal Mile, the tourist fucking stretch, is the exact same 
as it's always been. Now, yes, people will say the city is not as busy as it is, and you're right, it's not as busy as it normally is, but I am telling you that it is swamped with tourists. Swamped. The place is fucking mobbed. We had to go to Ikea uh, at the weekend, right? Had to, because we've not been in a year and it's government mandate that you must attend the Swedish church. And I, again, could not believe the amount of people. And I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. By the time we got out, and we knew we were going for, so it was, it was a fucking snatch and grab operation, right? In, get it, out, done. Even then, you're still getting stuck behind people who can't follow arrows. Like, if you can't follow an arrow, just fucking get them in a chamber and gas the cunt, right? But by the time we made it out of IKEA, they, they had set up barriers now because there were so many people trying to get in that they had to start snaking the queue around the car park. And you're just going, what what is what is still happening? What is still happening? I find it really hard not to fall further and further into the conspiracy theory, you know, and further and further into the what the fuck's going on, man? Something's happening, they're not telling us something. Because every single day when I'm when I look at the news, which which isn't regular, I I, I more go online and, and read the news because I can't handle the the fucking propaganda machine is just twisted shit. Right? So I like to just read stuff on my own. But even the news now, the fact that every day you're getting something to be reported on, whether it's the, the three tiers, whether it's the, the distancing that you should be apart from someone, whether it's not you should wear masks, whether it's what business is shutting down, what fucking magical pot of money is going to be dragged out of the government's arse in order to fucking hand out to people who don't really need it or deserve it. And I'm talking more about big business here still nothing has been looked at upon what this virus does to us this is my worry now I don't know if I've had it I think that if we what we were told at the start right the fact that this affects the the vulnerable in society and the, and the old that's been completely squashed now because we know that that's not the case we know that it affects everybody Right, I, I'm not sure if it's affecting children. I don't know if there are really young people who have contracted the virus. I'm not sure about that. But the whole idea of it only affects the weak and the vulnerable, that's out the window, man. The, the idea that this is nature, created by nature, from bats, mutation consumed through a meat product I think that is the fictional story and I think that's easy for us to digest because we've seen films like Outbreak when that is the plot of the movie a bat shits in a cave a bird eats the hang a fucking duck eats that a chicken eats him a he eats a chicken and then the fucking world ends that almost is too easy to believe it's too easy for us to accept that it comes from bats. Because here's the thing. Everything was spoken about at the start with things like SARS, swine flu. SARS was a horrific disease, but SARS was contained. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions, I don't know, 
died from SARS, but it had a period start and stop contained. This pandemic, this COVID-19, this is ongoing, man. This is ongoing. We are now in October still dealing with this. You look at places like China, back to normal. Had an intense three-month period, back to normal. Everything is working in China like nothing happened, yet the rest of the world is still at a different stage process in dealing with this pandemic. And we have no idea when it's going to end. I said at the start of this, there's no way that it's going to take up the whole of this year. There's no way we're still going to be in Christmas and in this lockdown. We are going to be in this lockdown in the next year. Easily. Easily now. But why is that the case? And is it the case that the truth of the matter is that this is man-made? This is a, a weapon. This is biograde weapon technology that got out of hand, was released either either intentionally or unintentionally, and this is a test. Is the real effects of COVID-19 to be shown in the next 10, 15 years? We're already hearing stories of this fatigue syndrome, this thing that affects you long after you've recovered from it. Is that really the effects of COVID, the actual virus itself that, that not a lot of people seem to be dying from now. It seems to that seems to have slowed down. I, I don't know, man. I just don't know what's happening. And when I look at things like this tier system or even the lockdowns in Scotland where we suddenly can't sell booze after 10 o'clock at night, you know, because everybody's getting pissed and they're outside having a fucking gangbang in the street and spitting in each other's arseholes and then we're all contracting the virus. Is, is this a way to just control populations, economies? I don't know, man. I don't know. And it's hard not to think that something else has grown because nothing that's being done is actually helping anything. Nothing that's been done. And I know you might say, we've listen, we've got to go a long way and, you know, we should be shutting cafes and restaurants. If that If that is the logic then we should be shutting supermarkets. We should be shutting supermarkets. We should be shutting schools. We should be shutting places of worship. We should be shutting parks. You shouldn't be able to gather anywhere. You shouldn't be able to, not that you kind of leave your your home, maybe that's a step too far, but you, you shouldn't be making unnecessary travel, for example. We shouldn't be going on holiday abroad. You know what I mean? So we're either sitting right now in the middle where either this is actually worse than they're making out and some serious bad shit is going to happen or there's nothing wrong but we're now in a position where the government has the country in this unique place that has everybody singing from the same hymn sheet, everybody following the same set of rules, the same set of guidelines and they have not yet figured out how to restart the country in a way that benefits them financially to the max. Is that where we are? Because that's what it feels like there are. Something's happening that we don't know. And either the disease itself has far longer health implications for us than we're being told or than we understand, or they are unsure how to restart society so that they can capitalise on it. That's what it feels like to me. Welcome to the Lurkite, son. 
I'm just, I'm fed up having the conversations going like, I don't know, mate, I don't know, nobody fucking knows, but somebody must know, somebody must fucking know. But who is it? So I'm sure by now you've all seen the, the three-tier system, right? And uh, the restrictions differ greatly, not only in Scotland, but across the UK. Um, so according to the BBC website... <laughs> Uh, areas with the lowest rate of infection will be placed in Tier 1. They will face the basic national rules currently in force, which include pubs, bars and restaurants will have to close at 10pm. The rule of six, which is the number of people you can meet up with, applies both indoors and outdoors. Now, I think that is the same for Scotland and England. Areas in Tier 2, and this is obviously Tier 2 in England, but again, if you look at how this has played out historically... I would pretty much say nine times out of ten, we seem to adopt the uh, the the thinking or the the position of the Westminster government about a week or two after. So I imagine probably after that initial two week period ends, which I think is the twenty fifth of October or that sixteen day run for Central Scotland, I imagine Sturgeon will introduce some kind of tier system in, in Scotland. Now, she'll not call it a tier system because she, she can't be seen to be doing anything that the Tories do, uh, so they'll call it like a traffic light system, right? And it'll be the exact same thing, just with a different name, you know? Again, if people only seen the political aspect of this, it is shocking that this situation has been made political, but never forget that's what politicians do because even with all this going on, their main function is to protect themselves and protect their job. What would be wrong? What would be wrong to turn around and say, do you know what? Westminster have got that right. We're going to introduce it. Or what would be wrong with Bo Jangles turning around going, do you know what? Sturgeon's called that one right. We're going to, we're going to introduce that here as well. But it, but it could never be done. Could never be done. Tier 2 uh, in England uh and extra level restrictions, no mixing between different households indoors, and the rule of six only continues outdoors. I don't know. I don't know what that means. So you can you can't even mix with different households inside, but you can mix with different households outside. So you could still meet up with other people who could have the virus and infect them, and then bring that home and infect your own house. Does it make sense? Most areas of England which are already subject to local restrictions will be placed in Tier 2, although some places will face additional restrictions for the first time. Um, and then it has a list of areas in Tier 2, which seems to be the kind of Manchester, that kind of ruined that part of the country. Manchester, Bolton, Bury, Stockport, Wigan, Salford. So it's doing that kind of West Coast. And then the Northeast, Tees Valley. The Midlands, Leicester, Nottingham. Again, general sweeping, and obviously there's parts within that that are, you know, that have high wealth, high income, but it's mostly the poorer parts of the country, right? It's not, it's not the southeast, it's not the home counties, it's not where the money is. It's the northeast, it's the Midlands, Yorkshire, Blackpool, Walsall, you know? It's these kind of places that are having the highest restrictions placed on them. The then the tier after that, tier three areas where transmission is rising most rapidly will be placed in this category. The government said it will work with local councils to the additional measures for each area. Uh, the Prime Minister said the Liverpool City region 
Currently, the only area facing Tier 3 restrictions will have the following restrictions from Wednesday 14th of October. So this is, according to the English government, Westminster and their science, that Liverpool, uh, the city of Liverpool and the region surrounding Liverpool, is the only area in the country that currently fits under Tier 3, the highest tier for restrictions. So ex explain to me then how somewhere that is so overpopulated like London it is it doesn't have the highest rate of infection. Because this this is what I'm struggling to get into my into my brain and I'm I'm sure you are probably fucking sick of me talking about this shit as well. But don't worry, we'll go into some mad news stories in a minute. If it is transmitted through droplets through people, how can the, the part of the country that is most densely populated not have the highest infection rate? So level three restrictions, which again, this does apply to England, not Scotland, but it's important to look at these things because we usually operate a week or two behind England when it comes to this stuff. Um, with the Scottish government's arguing, going, we take more time to think about these things before we fuck up your life even more. Pubs and bars will be closed, except when serving substantial meals. Uh, that is already taking place in the Central Belt in Scotland, although pubs and bars are closed. Households cannot mix indoors or outdoors. Gyms, leisure centres, betting shops and casinos will all close. Shops, schools and universities will remain open. So that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, what are the current restrictions across Scotland? Until October 25th, pubs and restaurants can only open inside between 6am and 6pm. They are not allowed to serve alcohol. So what's the point of a pub being open? I suppose they can serve food. They're only allowed, they're only allowed to serve food and non-alcoholic drinks, although they can serve alcohol outdoors until 10pm. So you can have a pint in the garden of your local pub, but for God's sake, do not bring that glass inside because COVID is waiting for you. Hotel restaurants can serve food until 6pm, but only for residents and without alcohol. Look, I, I spoke to a friend of mine the other day, and uh, he's uh, he's gone away for the weekend with his wife to a hotel in Scotland. And the hotel called to uh, make sure the booking was still going ahead. They asked if they could still travel. The hotel said yes. They're going ahead with the booking. There's no problem. The hotel explained to them on the phone that they can't serve alcohol with their meal. But if they want to pre-order drinks, and that's any drink, that's a, a bottle of spirit, a bottle of wine, cocktails, whatever they want. If they order it, they will serve them in their room. Now ex explain to me explain to me how that works. Explain to me how that works. Now, that will be someone who has sat down in the hotel, went through the restrictions, and then found a workaround to that. So this is what I'm saying when none of this works. So if the government's arguing is that we've stopped selling bevy because when you get a bevy and you make daft decisions. So you're in a hotel, you're getting pushed up in your room. What's to stop you going out and walk? Do you mean, just... Everything is too grey area than it. It just needs to be black or white. It needs to either be... This is get fuck all to do with drinks and we can try to control it because if I said if it had to do with drinks you would be banned for buying alcohol in a supermarket but they're never going to do that because Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda are far too powerful. So they're stopping you for doing it in the high street. They're stopping you for going into a pub and getting a drink. 
So if alcohol really plays a part in it, just ban alcohol completely. I'm never going to do that either because we'd fucking set fire to Holyrood Castle. Uh, shops have reintroduced measures to ensure the two metre gap social distancing, such as one way systems, face coverings are compulsory in, in, in indoor communal settings, such as staff canteens and corridors in workplace. Uh, higher restrictions enforced in the central belt in Scotland. Because of the higher levels of COVID infection, 3.4 million people in central Scotland are subject to tougher restrictions until 25th October. The region affected cover 18 local councils. <sighs> it just, it doesn't feel like it's getting, it just doesn't feel that like we're going anywhere. It feels like the last, I would say maybe three months, June, aye, I would say July, August, September. Have we haven't moved any further forward with this at all? That's what it feels like. So who knows? Who knows where it goes, man? But something's got to give soon, you know. Something's got to give soon because we are we are well past. We're we're past breaking point now. I think we're past breaking point, and I think people are getting a bit wiser to it. People are starting to make decisions about how to adjust their life. How we continue living in this this situation as lockdown, you know. So, fuck knows what's going to happen, man. Fuck knows. Let's see if the lair cake works. Right, let's just go straight into uh, a heartwarming story of bravery, and in a time when you know the the country is is calling it for a hero, you know. We've had uh, Captain Sir, Sir Captain Tom Moore uh, walking, you know. Oh, I fucking killed the Nazis. We've had him up and down the country, but the, the the world has been crying out for a real hero, and finally, this hero has been given the recognition he deserves. Because, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, a, a landmine detecting rat, a rata, has been awarded a tiny gold medal for his life-saving bravery. Uh, this handsome little bugger um, has been given a, a tiny wee gold medal. Look at him there. Look at him. He's <laughs> fucking gold medal. Now, when I first saw the story, uh, shocked, shocked to learn that rats are being used to detect landmines. Um, again, I, I would imagine that if you are a landmine detecting ratta, that it's, you know, as, as, soon, as, as soon as you found a, a landmine, uh, career's over, you know. Maybe I'd say a, a dug. It might take your back legs off it. You put a pair of wheels on it. The thing can still work. I, I would imagine if a rat finds a landmine, um, you no no more rat. Um, how how you can train a rat to find? I suppose you can train you know to find anything, but also that's that's that looks, it's quite a big rat. It's quite a big rat, you know. Got a wee harness on him. You can see doing that bottom left, he, he seems to be hooked to some kind of uh, bungee cord. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if because the, the, the bold rat has tried to make a fucking run for it on quite a few occasions. Um, but there you go. Um, the, the rat's name is uh, Magawa. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, a, a giant African poached rat. Now, I, I hope to God that is not the method they use uh, for his retirement. Um, 
with the poached fucker. Um, but the Magawa, a giant African poached rat, has been awarded a tiny gold medal for life-saving bravery and devotion to finding landmines in Cambodia. I don't know the full story. We will read on together. Did the rat turn up one day and go, listen, lads, I've lost my whole family to landmines. It's a terrible fucking thing. Sign me up, boys. Look at it. I'm a fucking African poaching rat. I'm, I'm sick of, I'm, I used to dig for truffles out in fucking uh, Italy. Didn't treat me right. Came back home to Cambodia. The whole family's gone. Look at the fucking schnauzer on me. Lads, I don't need paying. Just strap me a bungee cord. And let's go find some landmines. The PDSA, a UK veterinary charity, has awarded its gold medal to 30 creatures for animal gallantry or devotion to duty. After sniffing out 39 landmines and 28 unexploded munitions across his career, Magawa is the first rat to receive the award in its 77-year history. (sighs) See, now I feel as if this year is just... It's just destroyed any joy in my heart, you know, like any, 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 any part of my soul for the empathy, it's just, it's just killed it, you know, because all, all I can think of is reading that is, is there nothing better to be doing with your fucking time? <laughs> a charity as well, a, cha- a charity in the UK, there's people, regardless of Covid, the, the homeless people in this country is unbelievable. Even in Scotland. Children going to bed hungry. People can't afford to put their heating on because they can't pay their electricity bill. You know? Children going to school in torn clothing. Families scraping together to try and feed each other. To fucking survive. Never mind live. Survive. And there's a fucking charity giving out Gold medals to rats. A charity whose board of directors are probably sitting on the board of a number of different charities, probably making a nice couple of million pounds a year. And they're giving out medals to animals for their gal. I'm sure if you are currently homeless or starving, can't you sleep at night with fear, don't know how you're going to raise your children, unsure about where the next bit of money's going to come from so you can pay your rent, keep your light switched on. I'm sure there's a little bit of hope in your heart to know that a UK charity is giving out uh, awards to animals across the globe. I'm sure you'll... Now, Disney take away from what young Magawa has done, you know? Uh, Sniffing out 39 landmines. Uh, 28 uh, unexploded munitions across his career. How how long his career has been, I do not know. You know, can I take can I take those numbers away from him? Those numbers are, are set in stone. Stats are strong stats for the young ratter. But a UK charity dishing out gold medals, actual actual gold as well. I mean, let's let's just let's not kid ourselves on here. Look at that. That's a fucking that's a gold medal. Ruin that boy's neck. You know, you can't turn your heating on. Feed your kids. 42nd day straight of turkey twizzlers and frozen fucking alphabet chips. That cunt's got a fucking gold medal in his neck. Uh, having been trained by animal non-profit Apopo, 
He's the charity's most successful hero rat, having cleared 141,000 square metres of land, the equivalent of 20 football pitches. As such, he's well-deserving of the medal, said to be the animal equivalent of the George Cross. Christopher Cox, Chief Executive of Apopo, said to receive this medal is really an honour for us. I have been working with Apopo for 20 years. An honour for you. An honour for you. My God, there's somebody just fucking mansplaining and taking on the glory. This poor wee fucker has been out walking across 20 football pitches, finding landmines. He's not there finding discarded Johnny bags or fucking needles. Landmines. If he finds one, bang! And then you're the country of Popo going, Oh, it's just the greater honour. Better be careful what accent we chose there. <laughs> it's a great honour to walk for a, a Popo and a trade as a ratter. Oh. Uh, the gentleman went on to add, especially for our animal trainers who are waking up every day very early uh, to train those animals in the morning. Uh, but also it's big for the people in Cambodia and all the people around the world who are suffering from landmines. The PDSA Gold Medal Award brings the problem of landmines to global attention. Not at fucking Disney, mate. Because anybody that's reading this article, like me, is just going, the fucking rat has got a gold medal. Nobody's reading this going, oh my God, there's still landmines in Cambodia. Here's another thing. Maybe if you all went out finding landmines instead of spending your time training up fucking rats to go out. You know what you guys say? I've, I've, got, I've got one ready to go, mate. Fully trained. He's completed tier three of his training. His name's Magawa. Ready to go. Right, Magawa. Off you go, chief. Good luck. And next minute, bang! Found one. Brilliant. We found one. Where's, where's the rat? Fucked. He's fucked. Well, we've got hunters, mate, to find. I'm going to need to go and train another one up now. It's going to take another six and a half weeks. Seven-year-old Magawa, who is now nearing retirement age, can search a field the size of a tennis court in just 20 minutes. Why does everything have to be... Why does everything have to be gauged in, in size? Like, why can't you just tell us how big it is? It can search a field 50 metres squares. You know, 100 metres squared. A thousand meters. Why didn't he go? It can search a few the size of a tennis court. Oh, that's because I, I know what a tennis court is. And see if you hadn't said that, I'd have no fucking idea how big a field is. Just fucking tell us, man. Everything's got to be about size. Everything's got to have a comparison. You know? How big's that? He's about the size of like a, a standard TV remote control. You know, a Sky remote. He's about one and a half Sky remotes. Just fucking tell me. Fucking 14 inches. Three and a half feet. Whatever it is. But you can search a field the size of a tennis court in 20 minutes. That's good going, man. 20 minutes to search a field the size of a tennis court. I'd argue he's maybe no searching that properly. That's probably how he's still alive after seven years. A feat which would take a mere human anywhere between one and four days lies. While he weighs 1.2 kilograms and is far larger than standard rats, he's still light enough not to trigger the landmines. Oh, suddenly it becomes clear. Suddenly it becomes clear. Why did we not think of this before? He's too fucking light to blow up the landmine. That's why he's finding them all. 
Uh, Cox explained that rats are intelligent, more adapt to repetitive tasks for food rewards than other animals. They're taught to detect a chemical compound within explosives, at which point they scratch the top to alert their human handler. Uh, they require a year of training, fucking hell, before they're certified. <laughs> Can hate me as we rat mon that. Oh, da! I'm certified a ratter. I'm, I'm going to be out looking for landmines, da! Know what I mean? This fucking schnauzer. Certified. I've got a wee plaque. Look at that, man. Put that in the fridge. Uh, however, the uh, they only work for half an hour each day early in the morning. Lazy bastards. Uh, John McLaughlin, PDSA Director General, said the work of Magawa and the Apopo is truly unique and outstanding. Magawa's work directly saves and changes the lives of men, women and children who are impacted by these landmines. Every discovery he makes, every breath he takes, reduces the risk of injury or death for the local people. According to McLaughlin, between 4 and 6 million landmines were laid in Cambodia between 75 and 98. Fucking hell. As a result, the country has reportedly recorded more than 64,000 casualties and 25,000 amputees. 25,000 amputees from 6 million, million landmines. That's not a very successful return rate, that, is it? If I went to the expense... Both, you know, financial and, and human. Time. Costly time of laying six million landmines. I'd be wanting a hell of a lot more than 25,000 amputee cunts kicking about. Now, that may be a bit dark and a bit morbid, but let's be honest, I, I've, I've, I've taken over Scotland, right? I've, it's a dictatorship. My first call of, of honest is, is to invade England. Right? I bring the Geordies home, distant cousins. Okay? We have a truce with Manchester. And the fucking, the rest of them, I lay six million landmines. I'd be looking for at least a million in return. Is that 25,000? That's. It just doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot of return for your six million landmines. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, a virtual presentation for Magawa is set to take place uh, on in the past Sunday, the 25th of uh, September. So I, I hope that Magawa has received his, his medal. And, uh, you know, I hope that he is, uh, I hope he's enjoying his retirement. And he is. What a guy, man, eh? What an absolute legend. We Magawa. Huh? Sets and tennis courts. 20 minutes. What a guy. At a time when the world is effectively rudderless, you know, let's be honest, um, you're going to get a, a group of people, let's call them bandits, who will seize an opportunity to do something that in the normal state of the planet would never have considered doing this. But a group of bandits have uh, thought to themselves, hey, what is there to lose? The world's going to end. Everything's fucked. Let's take a punt. And if you're ever looking for a bunch of fuck nuggets to have a go at something daft, you don't have to look much further than the Egyptians. 
And because what these fucking idiots, these Fruit Loops have done, is they've opened an ancient coffin, right? Not even just one, 59, 59 fucking ancient coffins have been opened by these nutters in Egypt, uh, apparently lying uh, in state for two and a half thousand years. And these guys thought to themselves, hey, what is the worst that can happen in 2020? Fucking global pandemic. Let's open up a fucking mummy. What an absolute shower of fucking dicks. Now, if a plague of locusts appear, if fucking sand creatures start emerging from, from Leith, then we've only got one people to blame, and it's the fucking mental Egyptians. Egyptian archaeologists clearly weren't bothered about unleashing an ancient plague. Our customer decided to crack open 59 coffins for the first time since they were buried two and a half thousand years ago, written by Emily Brown. Uh, I mean, I know ancient seal coffins are intriguing, but I've also seen enough movies to know this kind of polythene really ends up. All right, Nigel, you've gone for some kind of funny twist in this. Leave the jokes to me. Now, if you have, especially in Egypt, right, I imagine there's a whole load of shit going on, right? A whole load of fucking pyramids, temples, boxes, you know, sand creatures, weird fucking bits of jewellery that you click your girl and then it flies off at the night. I imagine there's all sorts of mad shit going on, right? You're sitting fucking smoking the hisha, some Turkish delight, a wee bit of fruity tea. I imagine your fucking mind wanders, you know? Maybe they should be closing the fucking, uh, the, the hookah bars in, in Egypt, in Istanbul, Constantinople. Maybe that's what they need to be doing and leave us alone. You know, nobody, I imagine, has sat in a pub in Glasgow, sank a few pints, had a fucking bit of haggis, neeps and tatties, or a doner kebab, most likely a chicken tikka masala invented in Glasgow. You're welcome, world. And then went, you wake up in the, the necropolis and crack open some tombs and see what we can find? No. These fucking mad bastards probably weren't even steaming. I, I, I could have some kind of understanding, reasoning, sent puffing away. Want some of that fruit tea, Ferraro? I fucking love a bit, mate. I listen. My uncle's fucking wanting security up one of your temples there, and one of the fucking pyramids. Not, no, I mean no. How's about we finish up this pipe? Get a bit of the old fruit tea to go. Rattle up, fucking fifty-nine coffins, bish bash boss. Open them up, see what's in there. What about the fucking plagues and the locusts and the, and the sand creatures? That's all nonsense, mate. Nah, the world's going to end anyway. Fucking Amber's telling us, know I mean? The discovery of coffin was announced last month, which is even more horrifying because that should have been that should have been breaking news. If if if, if the Egyptians have raided that at. A pyramid and found 59 coffins and then decide they're going to open them. That should have been world breaking news. Every single broadcast should have been halted. We should have went live to the scene and went, These mad fuckers are going to crack open a coffin that's been inside a pyramid for two and a half thousand years. Kiss your ass goodbye. Valhalla is on its way. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Revealed like they were found in a burial shaft. That's what she said. 
uh, in the desert necropolis of Saqqara. <laughs> Where did you find the coffins, mate? We found them in the desert necropolis of Saqqara. It just sounds Hollywood, doesn't it? A desert necropolis. Now that's just making me think of some ancient burial site out in the fucking desert, mate. The desert necropolis of Sagara. Which is believed to have uh, previously served as the necropolis for Memphis, the former capital of ancient Egypt. T- t- I mean, that... Listen. I am not a religious person in any way. I think the Bible is a wonderful thing because I think it shows you that as long as you have a good story, fact, you know, is not important, right? And as a storyteller myself, I I enjoy that kind of thing. You know, I, I am intrigued by religion. I, I am intrigued by the Catholic Church. Um, I think it's more the history and the mist, the history and the mystery uh, behind it. The fact that people give so much of themselves and their life to it, I am intrigued by it. I'm a spiritual. I don't know. Is there is there something waiting for us? Is there something else out there? Who knows? Maybe I'm too young to really consider those things yet. But I do think you shouldn't go around cracking open. Fucking mummies. Two and a half thousand years ago, the world was a different place. The world was a different place. It wasn't even this world. It wasn't even the world that we live in. It was a different world. A different time. Who knows what fucking skullduggery was going on back then. You know, the Egyptians and the Mayans. Every kind of was fucking mental. Do I believe in magic? I don't know. Sorcery? Who knows? Do I think you could unleash a plague of locusts? Probably not, but it's a chance I wouldn't take. Especially in a fucking desert necropolis of Saqqara. More than a dozen coffins were found stacked on top of one another in the burial shaft located 11 metres, 36 feet below the ground. Fuck that. For a start, fucking doing some burial shaft 36 feet underground to then be greeted by a dozen coffins, I would shit my knickers. Uh, More coffins were uncovered further uh, after excavation work on the burial shaft. Um, Antiques Minister Khalid El Anami commented my colleagues in the Supreme Council of Antiques the Supreme Council of Antiques that could only be an Egyptian thing (laughs) that has to be a country that's historical and antiques you know maybe maybe Greece maybe Italy could have it with the Romans what what would be the fucking ancient Supreme Council of Antiques and it's got this is a bit of pottery found in Pitlochery in 1604 fuck off the Picts came down for the Highlands to meet the Lowland people and there was a great battle and we found this arrowhead from Stirlingshire. Nobody gives a fuck when the Supreme Council of Antiques can go, there's a burial shaft in there. 
in the ancient desert necropolis of Saqqara and we found 59 coffins. You just put the wee arrowhead in your bung and go, oh, but I've got an arrowhead for the pics. <laughs> oh, right, my colleagues in the Supreme Council, I can't even speak today, Supreme Council of Antiques discovered burial shafts filled with wooden, sealed and intact coffins. Terrifying! What, what would be more frightening? You find a room full of coffins, all stacked up one top of each other, and you realise you're inside an ancient burial shaft of Saqqara. Or, you go down said shaft, you find 59 sealed coffins, and one of them's open. That would be more terrifying. Um, I am really impressed that COVID-19 did not stop them from digging to unveil more mystery and secrets about a great civilization. Today, I can say most of the discoveries have been made by Egyptian teams on Egyptian soil. This is something I am immensely proud of. Fucking right on, Egypt. Uh, yesterday, which was October 3rd, so we've probably got a bit of time now before the uh, plagues uh, kicks in, authorities unveiled a total of 59 Saracopagi. 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 Obviously not an Italian accent. Um, with officials saying they expect they expect tens more to be exhumed from the burial site. Fucking hell, so there's going to be more than 60 in there. Studies suggest the coffins haven't been opened since they were buried, so archaeologists were given the chance to be taken back to the 26th dynasty more than two and a half thousand years ago when they cracked them open. Oh, that would be terrifying, man. The smell as well. What's a two and a half thousand year old decayed mummified body going to smell like? Farts, I imagine. Fart. Imagine you open that and you smell it and you go, do you know what, that is not as bad as my wife's farts. I mean, that's a put down, isn't it? Next time in bed. <laughs> but, do you know what? There's a fucking two and a half thousand year old mummified body. Does they smell as bad as your ass, you fucking stinking bastard? El Nani uh, revealed most of the coffins include mummies of priests and top officials. ABC News reports uh, and restorers opened two coffins to show mummified remains wrapped in burial cloth that bore hieroglyphic inscriptions in bright colours. El Nani added, after removing the lid, we found that the two mummies bear the name and title of the family. Uh, Get Placid Door. Okay. The excavation work also uncovered a carved bronze statue of the god Nefertin, inlaid with precious stones, a collection of 29 statues of Fatsokar, the main god of Saqqara, a collection of amulets and figurines. Uh, the antiques minister said, Today is not the end of the discovery, I consider the beginning of the big discovery. The big discovery being, you've all got fucking hepsy and the locusts are coming. The coffers are set to be transferred to the Grand Egyptian Museum, a huge establishment near the Giza Pyramids, to be put on display to the public when it opens next year. I mean, wouldn't it all just be great if it actually turned out that it was just, it was just bullshit? You know? And uh, actually, this is just a Hollywood set designer team that have been brought, that have been brought in. <laughs> the, the Egyptian ministers are sitting going, lads, 
listen, the, the fucking COVID's hit really hard, right? Tourism isn't bringing us in. Remember we used to set off a couple of bombs so that Westerners would get cheap holidays to the coastal towns? That, that, we can't do that anymore, right? Because the fucking bastards that are popo have got these rescue rats that come in and find out the fucking landmine. So look, you're going to have to do something that I can spin in order that we can bring mere tourism into fucking Egypt. What about, right? Hear me out. Young El Nani's got a fucking cousin works over in LA. Set design. What with the rock and the mummy? What about we get a couple of those props? We bury them in the desert, right? We make up some fucking mental name that is an ancient burial ground. What are we going to call it? Like Sakasaburia, Sakasakaras. The ancient desert necropolis of Sakara. That fucking sounds brilliant, Franco. I know it does, right? We'll say we found this in the desert. We'll get something for ABC or Fox News over to make it official. We'll get these fake coffins and fucking crack them open. And then we'll say they're in the museum and every cunt will come and look at them. That's a fucking crack idea. Look at the size of the wee guy in the coffin. That coffin's about a foot and a half too big for him. Now, is that just a standard a standard size coffin you get? You, you don't get a choice in the coffin? You know, or, or, or do you shrink over time? You know, these are, these are the questions. I tell you something, but if I found fucking 60 coffins in an ancient burial site in Saqqara, I don't know if I'd be cracking them home. So, say your prayers to whatever God you believe in. Because the Egyptians are fucking mental, man. The locusts, the plague, the disease, the famine. It's coming, man. It's coming. Team, thanks for listening to another episode of the Scott Gibson Show. Um, as always, if you want to get some extra content, you want to support the show, uh, or, or support 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 your old dad in these difficult times, become a Patreon. It's the best way to do it. It's the only way for you to access all of the content, all of the extra episodes, including all the comedy albums that are out for you to listen for free. Um, go to patreon.com forward slash Gibson and sign up to the Patreon. Today you will get... Eight podcast episodes a month. Eight a month! In the name of God! Um, Patreons get early access to the Wednesday show and they also get an extra episode every single Friday. Um, as well as, hey, a bit of chat on the Patreon page, some goodies, you know, and um, some... Let me just say, I'm not going to announce it just now because... I'm waiting for a wee bit of artwork to get done, but let me just say that something exciting is going to be happening before the end of this month. And uh, it's for Patreonis. The only place to enjoy the special little thing will be on the Patreon. So if you've if you've held off or you've thought about it, sign up, man. Patreon.com forward slash Bigsaw Gibson. Go to the website. All the links are there. You can sign up for as little as $5. It's fucking worth every goddamn penny, let me tell you. Um, you can also buy the comedy albums as well on Bandcamp. Um, they are £5 each. There is four comedy albums, I believe, on Bandcamp just now for you to enjoy. Um, again, go to the website and all the links to that are on there or search uh, Scott Gibson on Bandcamp. So let's wrap this one up. Let's finish off. Again, um, a lovely little story from our friends at the Metro. Uh, a new name to me here, uh, a gentleman called the name of Jordan King. Um, so let's see if Jordan has his finger 
on the uh, journalistic pulse of the nation. Uh, and this little ditty is uh, uh, a slightly terrifying story, I suppose. Um, if I can just get it up on the goddamn screen. There we go, that's much better. Uh, Ghost Hunter, horrified that Poundland is selling Ouija boards for Halloween. Now, I don't know if the gentleman is terrified because potentially he's going to go out of business as we prove that it's a load of bollocks, or if he just has a gripe against Poundland. But they're selling Ouija boards, I imagine, for a, <laughs> I imagine for a pound. If it's Poundland, I could be wrong. Sometimes you get into Poundland and they turn around and it says £1.20 and you're like, in the name of God, get trading standards in here. I'm being fucking ripped off. A paranormal investigator um, has spoken of his horror at Ouija boards being sold in Poundland for Halloween. His Horror. Paul Masters. Paul Masters. No audio name. Member of True Paranormal Events UK. A shyster company made up to scare people, I imagine. These are the views of me and not Poundland or the Metro newspaper. Uh, it said he was gobsmacked that such an item was on the shelves claiming they can release deadly demons if not handled by trained mediums. <laughs> Oh, Paul, 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 Paul. To you, you fuck nugget, and the people at True Paranormal Events UK. If a bunch of nutters can dig up 60 coffins in the fucking desert and nothing happen, please believe me that Wayne's scaring themselves with a Ouija board that cost a pound out of Poundland will not release demons into our reality. Paul, you fucking rocket. Paul goes on to say, uh, Ouija boards are most certainly not a toy. They're not a toy! And should not be available for kids to buy in pound shops for Halloween, mind adults that are not trained in how to use them. I mean, it's quite a difficult thing to use a Ouija board. You've all got to sit there long enough with your finger on it before one of you actually starts to move it without the other knowing. There was a good clip I saw the other day on Instagram, and it's a guy and his, his daughter with her friends were upstairs with a Ouija board playing for Halloween, and he went down to like, the circuit box and turned all the lights in the bedroom off, and every time he turned it off, you could hear them all screaming up the stairs. I thought that is <laughs> That's... Halloween, right? It's around the corner. I know a lot of people are really big into Halloween. I'm not really that much of a fan of it. I enjoy dressing up as much as the next person, you know? But Halloween needs to get back to being scary. All this fucking slutty shit, get your cock out, show your balls off, fucking have one tit hanging out. I'm a dead fucking sexy slutty nurse. Hey, yeah, it's fuck all I do with Halloween, but hey, you do you, sister. We do need to get back to the old Ouija boards, scaring people, terrifying bit of horror, you know? It would be nice to have a, a pensioner open a door at Halloween to be greeted by the most horrific sight she's ever seen and just collapse dead on her doorway, you know? That is what I think Attenborough was getting at in his latest documentary. I think he's saying, go out there and kill pensioners. That's what I was taking away from it anyway. But anyway, back to the Ouija board. Um, it does not matter if the board is plastic or wood, Paul goes on to say, if the planchet spells the word 
Zeus. Zeus! It is a demon trying to come through and you should not even say the name. Never mind continuing to communicate with it. You fucking bastard. However, if you call Paul and his colleagues at True Paranormal Events UK, they'll be more than happy to come over and say Zeus's name for you for a very substantial fee. Zeus. Do you think Wayne's know he fucking spell out Zeus? You do things like, is there any spirits here? Yes or no? Yes. Do you mean his harm? Yes. Oh no! And then somebody shouts at you, I'm only joking, come on, stay in here. Spell out my name. What is your name, demon? Fucking nonsense. The article goes on to say, uh, Paul continues to say, sorry, all hell could break loose. All hell could break loose! With a pound Ouija board for Poundland. Forget a man-made laboratory created global disease that you cannot taste, you cannot see, you cannot smell, that kills people, infects your body, breaks down your system and kills you. Forget that. Forget a disease created in a lab through Chinese and American government officials. Forget it. Deliberately released as a chemical weapon to see how global markets would impact, to see how people would conduct themselves under a world pandemic. Forget that. The most dangerous thing in the world right now is not the level of carbon in the air. It's not the vast... Billions of people overpopulated we are. It's not the polar ice caps melting. It's not the amount of methane that's been released from the soil. It is a one pound Ouija board for Poundland. Poggers on to say nasty spirits can scratch and attack people and should not be messed with as people could get seriously hurt. Nasty spirits. Oh, you nasty spirit. Go away, nasty spirit. Go away. <laughs> Take people going to be sitting going, is there any spirits with us? Make yourself known. Oh, there is Sandra's of spirits here. Right, Mr. Spirit, tell me this. Are you a nasty spirit? Are you a nice spirit? Oh, he's nasty. He's a nasty spirit, Sandra. Make it stop. I don't like this game. <laughs> Uh, Paul says he was gobsmacked uh, when he saw that Poundland were selling Ouija boards and was profoundly shocked and he was just fuming really, apparently the article says. Paranormal investigator said many people in his field are angry about it, especially because of the heightened risk on Halloween. Poundland said the product is only available for over 18s. Uh, Paul from Hull, I mean, case closed, uh, said he did not see any age limit on the product. Members of the paranormal community have said the boards destroyed people's lives and have even claimed that the more sinister ones can lead to suicides. Paul said, we won't even touch Ouija boards, we only have mediums to do that who are trained as they are just too dangerous and you don't know what it, what it will entail, entail even using them. We only use glass work to communicate with the spirits. Of course you do. Uh, everyone in the paranormal spirit field is angered. The risks of untrained people using Ouija boards is unimaginable. So it's ludicrous that Poundland are selling them off. 
On Halloween night, the veil into the spirit world is very thin. <laughs> you forget sometimes with everything that's happening in the world, you know. You forget that there are genuine nutters out there. Like genuine, proper, off the chain, fucking nut jobs who look like you and I. They look like a normal person. They they may have a normal job. They may exist. They find a way to clothe themselves, feed themselves, wash themselves, and and continue to operate. And then every now and again, you will you will meet a true nutter, a genuine fucking fruitcake. And they'll just say something to you, you know, and you don't respond, you just sit there very quietly, but in your head, you're thinking, get as far away from this fucking nutter as I possibly can. And Paul's one of those people. On Halloween night, the veil into the spirit world is very thin, and people are buying Ouija boards just for Halloween, so I dread to think what will happen when those boards fall into the wrong hands. <laughs> Do you think it's like some kind of Constantine situation? Where like the fucking angel Gabriel and the son of the devil have come back and they're like, we must get a Ouija board. Should we approach the necropolis and call upon the spirits of the damned? No! To Poundland for a Ouija board. <laughs> I'll summon the fucking demon Zeus. Zeus, it's Gabriel, are you there? Talk to me, Zeus, are you a fucking nasty wee spirit? <laughs> a spokesman for Poundland, what a job that is, it's probably the fucking guy that does the front door. Uh, while the spirit boards were marked for adults and were blocked from being sold to children, it tells they were part of our extensive Halloween decor range. Uh and only around 90 of our 800 plus stores in any event they are not they've not just about vanished oh somebody for Poundland try and make a joke there so they're only available in 90 of their 800 plus stores but uh, Paul from the uh, True Paranormal UK events absolutely uh, disgusted by the fact that demons could be unlocked and do you know what that, that would be a good way to end the year and a kind of Ghostbusters, you know, scenario where somebody gets a, a Ouija board for Poundland for a quid and unlocks the gates of hell upon our realm. That would be a nice way to end it. Because I think most of us felt when the apocalypse did come, it would be nuclear-based or, you know, there would be some kind of zombies involved. A lot more violence and the apocalypse that we find ourselves in, it's just quite shit, you know? We're all just in the house watching crap box sets, kind of trying to get by, you know, thinking should I order that bake-off stuff in and cook along with them, you know? Should I just sit here and wait for death to come and collect me? Maybe it would be nice if somebody unlocked the demon Zeus and welcomed across this plane the gates of hell. That might be quite exciting. You know, you maybe think twice about doing non-essential travel in case a hell dog jumped out and fucking shot fire all over you and then consumed your face as you're just off to try and get a pint of oat milk to keep the wife happy. Maybe that's how this ends, you know. Maybe it isn't a, 
a vaccine that comes in, which actually escalates the pandemic. Maybe we, we don't find out that coronavirus, we actually have all contracted it, whether we show signs of the symptoms or not, and it actually takes 15 to 20 years to eat away at your immune system. You know, maybe this is the new Chernobyl. Maybe children will be born after those parents who have been infected by COVID, they themselves are, are born with illnesses, disease. We don't know because the people who created this are never going to tell us unless we pay them enough money. So maybe it would be nice for the the dead, the unborn, the afterlife, the gates of hell to be unlocked by the mere presence of the demon Zeus into somebody's house with a one pound Ouija board. And we see how it plays out. Maybe that would be maybe that would be a nice way to end twenty twenty. I would rather do that than watch Adam Sandler's new Halloween film anyway. I'd rather fucking dance with Zeus himself than watch that shit. Team, that's us. Episode 50, man. Halfway through to the 100. Um, I've also realised we've been doing the podcast for a year as well. So maybe we need to try and do... A wee special episode to, uh, to to signify a year's worth of podcasting. Just think, we started this in the old flat, in the old bay window office, and uh, a year later we find ourselves locked in, global pandemic. Who knew this is how the year would turn out? Thank you for listening as always. Please do share the podcast. Um, if you don't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You can get the link to that again through the website or just follow the links on social media as they are posted. Subscribe to that page. The video episodes go up on there and there's also some clips as well um, from previous episodes. Um, it would be great if you could share them or just get them a watch and enjoy them. Right, any questions or topics for future episodes, please do get in touch. Obviously those questions go to Patreons first and if you want to access the extra content, then become a Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Do it, sign up, treat yourself, it'll make you feel all warm inside. You get some extra content, some ranty chatty goodness, and you get to support me and the show and everybody's dead happy. So do that. Right, look out for some exciting stuff coming up at the end of this month. Uh, there are some gigs uh, still going ahead um, and still on sale November the 6th in Paisley at um, the bungalow a couple of tickets left for that again go to the website and November 14th at Slange Restaurant in Tarbot that is the dinner and a show um, Vegas style uh, so yes all the links for that and information is on the website as well check it out enjoy yourself take care of each other stay safe wash your hands and your arsehole and hopefully I will see you on a battlefield soon take care team onwards oh,